Hi, and welcome to my CBT podcast. I'm Dr. Julie Osborne, and I'm thrilled that you're here with me listening and learning the tools of CBT to help your life be a little happier, a little easier. And my intention is to teach tools that you feel you can use on a daily basis after taking the time to listen. And also for you to be able to reach out to me, asking me questions, certain topics you like to discuss. I want to be able to be really specific and reach everybody that needs some help. So I will give you my information um, now and at the end of the podcast, you can reach out and send me any emails you want or contact me, whatever is most comfortable for you. My email is mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. You can always contact me in my office at 949-224-3136. So again, thanks for being here with me. I also want to start off with my mantra that I want to share with you every time you listen. So we want to make decisions based on what's best for us, not how we feel. And that's a great little mantra to use every day because most of us are making decisions based on how we feel and whether or not we feel like doing something determines our behavior. And we want to get out of that habit and start doing what's best for us instead. So that's my little mantra I use every day. I just like to share with you. So today I wanted to talk about anxiety and how cognitive behavioral therapy can help eliminate and, and definitely decrease the anxiety that you might be dealing with on a daily basis. It might be in all different forms and levels and types, which we'll talk about. But anxiety is the number one mental health issue in the United States. That is the issue that people struggle with the most. A lot of people don't share because they're embarrassed. Uh, when people have anxiety, they may have thoughts that, you know, they're weak. They should be able to handle the situation. Other people are stronger than me. And those are the thoughts that we want to be able to identify and start challenging versus just addressing and trying to get rid of the physical sensations and reaction that you're having with anxiety. So cognitive therapy is all about your thoughts, which creates your moods, affects your behaviors and your physical reactions. And those are all connected like a baby's mobile, I always say. You can't have one going out without the other. And we have 80 to 90 thoughts a day, 80 to 90,000, I'm sorry, thoughts per day. So you can only imagine that if we're lucky, maybe we know about 100 of them. But those other thoughts are still affecting us. And we want to be able to start understanding and learning what am I really thinking about that's causing me so much anxiety, which causes me to probably avoid a situation, which would be your behavior. And then again, the physical reactions, which is mostly the most difficult part of the anxiety because it feels so horrible and you just want to stop the physical reactions. And so that's why people usually just go from mood, which is anxiety, to a behavior. So that could be avoiding is the number one thing that people do that are anxious. You may turn to alcohol or drugs. You might want to sleep your day away. You may want to eat to soothe yourself. Anything you do most likely works at the moment. But we will want to remember is it's all a Band-Aid because that anxiety keeps coming back. And that's why we keep repeating the behaviors. And that's why we're not getting better. And I think most of us in the world don't get better or really make changes because we are just going from our mood to a behavior and we just keep going back and forth and we don't ever stop to say what's really causing my anxiety and what can I do about it. So I first want to talk again more about what is anxiety because I think it's a term that we all just throw out all the time. I'm anxious, I'm anxious, I'm anxious. 
and it kind of is a norm that people think is just a part of life that they have to live with, which isn't true. And again, a lot of people don't really know what anxiety is. So let me first start off with kind of giving you an image that if you think of, think of an umbrella, okay, and under that umbrella is all types of anxiety. So there's people that have generalized anxiety. You may have a specific phobia to something. You might have OCD, obsessive compulsive disorder. You could have trichotillomania, and that's people that pull their hair out or their eyelashes out. You could have panic attacks. So those are just a handful of anxiety. So all of those types of terms um, and maybe some diagnoses for people is all part of anxiety. So it's very broad. And the most important thing I think to remember is that anxiety is a normal emotion. Like it's a good thing for us sometimes. Sometimes it, you know, allows us to be aware of a dangerous situation we're in or to be more careful or, you know, we're anxious because we're walking to our car in the parking lot after, you know, we left the mall. We need to be a little anxious and a little bit on guard to make sure that we're safe and be aware of our surroundings. So, you know, when I have people come to my office and say, you know, I don't want to feel like this ever again. You know, we want to take a step back and say, yeah, I don't want your anxiety to be affecting your life as diff as bad as it is right now. But I don't know if we want to get rid of all your anxiety because some of it might be good. Some of it might motivate us to make changes or keep us going in certain relationships that are important to us that we want to keep working on, even though it's really anxiety. And yeah, you know what? It's always easier to avoid. It's just is. And sometimes we just want to take the easy route. <laughs> I understand that. I've avoided things in my life, but I've always realized that they all come back to you at some point. And when you're ready to address it, it will always make things a lot better. So that's important to realize. So again, it can be a serious, you know, panic attacks are probably about the worst anxiety someone can experience. And when I ask my clients, have you ever had a panic attack? If they say to me, I don't know, then you haven't had one because you'll know. People that have pan panic attacks usually feel like they're actually having a heart attack. And many, many clients I have have come to me after they have been to the emergency room four or five times. And I'm not exaggerating. And because you just feel, you know, your heart's pounding out of your chest. You can't breathe well. You feel lightheaded. You might feel nauseous. I mean, all the symptoms that you might have when you're having a heart attack. Of course, you always want to make sure you're okay and get medical things ruled out. But most often, people get really frustrated at the doctors because they take all your blood work and your blood pressure and EKG. And they're telling my clients, there's nothing wrong with you. And they're like, there must be something wrong with me. There must be something wrong with me. And eventually, they'll come to therapy. And we realize it is a panic attack and that we can eliminate those. Life is not about managing panic attacks. It might be about managing some anxiety, but panic attacks we can get rid of. And that's important to know. So I always say with anxiety, you want to make sure that you're managing your anxiety and your anxiety isn't managing you. And if you feel like your anxiety is managing you, then I encourage you to reach out and get some help because there's a lot of great help out there. And cognitive behavioral therapy is the recommended therapy for anxiety to be able to teach you tools so you can start changing how you're thinking so you won't create all this anxiety for yourself. So let's talk about what happens a little more about with anxiety. So usually with anxiety, the biggest issue, as I said before, is you had these physical reactions. So, you know, shortness of breath, lightheadedness, heart palpitations. Sometimes you might feel tingling in your arms or legs. You can have muscle tension. Anxiety can affect your sleep, can affect your appetite. You might be more irritable. You might want to avoid situations. So maybe I'm not going to go to work because I don't want to deal with my coworker that's making me anxious. Or 
I don't want to go to that family party and see somebody I don't want to see because they make me anxious. So all those physical reactions is what really causes the most stress for people. And again, that's where a lot of people are going to find some relief right away instead of taking a moment and saying, okay, what's going on that I'm feeling so anxious? And what happens too is when you start having, especially if you're having panic attacks, you know, I'll tell my clients, when you come into my building, there's stairs, you know, come up to my office and I'll say, you know, if we were both walking up the stairs and our hearts pounding a little hard, you know, I might say, I need to go to the gym more often. And you might say, I'm having a panic attack because now your heart pounding fast is a trigger because that's what you had before when you had the panic or any kind of anxiety. So we want to start identifying that and saying, you know, you're okay. Nobody dies from a panic attack. Your heart can pound that hard for days and days. Very strong muscle. Nothing's going to happen to it. But what is triggering me and what's going on in my life that I'm feeling so anxious? And that's what brings us back to start to identify what are my thoughts? What are the stressors in my life that's causing me to be anxious? Is it things that have happened in the past? Is it going on right now in my life? Or is it something that's coming up? Usually with anxiety, it's all about future. And the anxiety is because we're thinking, what if this happens? What if that happens? And we just don't have the answer to what ifs. So we're just left with this anxiety. Or we just make these assumptions or go to, you know, what's the what's the worst case scenario? A lot of people always, you know, go to, they're always thinking, what's the worst thing that could happen? And they believe that might happen. So then they're going to avoid it or not deal with it. So we want to be more present to start saying, you know, what am I thinking about? What am I worrying about that's causing me to feel so anxious? And again, you can make big changes that don't take a long time. When you really start practicing this every day and wanting to feel better and take better care of yourself and learning what am I thinking about that's causing my anxiety, which is affecting my behaviors and my physical reactions, you can start seeing some good changes pretty quick. And again, with cognitive therapy, the one thing I haven't mentioned, which is always important, is also your environment. So is there an environment that's causing my anxiety to get worse? Is it at home? Is it a relationship outside of home? Is it work? What is it that is really triggering that for me? And can I change the environment or how can I address it so that that can go away? So it doesn't always mean leaving, you know, work or relationship, but it just means getting some help and starting to reach out to someone that can be there for you. So you can make things better. Just say like, say if it's at a work situation with a coworker or whatever that might be with the boss, if you have to go to HR and talk to somebody. So don't always feel that we don't want to go to the black and white, all or nothing thinking that, you know, I either work there or I don't work there. Sometimes you might need to leave, but, you know, there could be a lot of other options. So we want to look at our environments and see if that's part of it as well. A couple of things I want to talk about before we get to identifying our thoughts is, you know, what can I do in that moment when I'm really feeling anxious, when I'm having that shortness of breath or I'm feeling lightheaded or my heart's beating really fast and I'm feeling really uncomfortable. So a few things that you can, again, take away today, because that's, again, my, my intention member is for each podcast, you to be able to feel like you have some more tools that you can use right away. That's our goal. So one is breathing, obviously. So you want to remember that when you have enough oxygen in your system, your heart will not be pounding because it just doesn't work that way. When Usually when our heart starts to pound, a lot of times it's because when we're anxious, we're not breathing correctly and we're not getting enough oxygen in our body so that our heart has to work faster and harder but we're thinking it's something else and we're not realizing it's that I'm not breathing correctly. I've had a lot of clients tell me sometimes they actually notice they're holding their breath when they're anxious, not even on purpose, but obviously they're not getting enough oxygen. So your body is going to react to that 
And that's what's going on versus, you know, I'm having a heart attack. So breathing is a good place to get started. And it's not just 3D breaths, which I know a lot of people here like, take 3D breaths and you're going to feel better. 3D breaths is nothing. <laughs> we want to really take some time, you know, a couple minutes, which is longer than you think, to really take some deep breaths. So I'm going to give you a few different ways of breathing and you want to find what works best for you. And that's something too I want to share as I'm thinking about it is not every single tool I share on my podcast is going to work for you and that's okay, but we want to figure out which ones are going to work for you. So don't get frustrated if you're like, well, that didn't really do anything for me, but you know what? This one works really well. So this is what I'm going to stick with. So you want to make it as personal to yourself as possible. It's not a, you know, one thing fix all. Definitely identifying our thoughts and being able to challenge those and change those will definitely help everybody. But when it comes to anxiety, the relaxation tools that we need to be specific to you, to what's going to help you. So you want to try out all these different things and then you can come up with what's going to be best. But breathing is definitely important for everybody, obviously. And again, when people are anxious, they tend to breathe really short. So when you take a deep breath in, a lot of times it just stops at your chest and then you don't get it all the way down to your belly, your diaphragm, which is what we want to do. So you've probably heard some of these things before, but I'm going to go over them because they can be really helpful. So you always want to, you know, breathe in through your nose, exhale through your mouth. Just by doing that, it's going to get it deeper into your diaphragm. So you get enough oxygen in your system. So you can do four seconds in and then exhale for four seconds. And when I was talking about how long to do it, because you want to go for definitely two, three minutes, I don't want you just looking at your clock. So maybe you could set a timer on your phone and put that aside or however you want to time it. But I would really encourage you to do that because we'll tend to do less time if we're not, you know, having a little stopwatch or something next to us because you don't realize again how long two minutes is of deep breathing until you actually do it. And it's not just two minutes. Do it as long as you need until you start feeling more relaxed. And being able to get the breathing on a better rhythm. So the four seconds in and out. Also, most of us get distracted easily. I know I do. I start doing deep breathing and I start thinking about my laundry list or I need to go to the grocery store or pay a bill and then I'm bringing myself back. So a couple tricks that I use is one is if you can imagine like a little box in front of you or maybe a square would be a better word to use. So if there's if you can see a square in front of you and you're going to go up one side, four seconds across the top, exhale four seconds down the other side, inhale four seconds, and then across the bottom, exhale four seconds. So that's just a distraction. So that can help. Also, there's so many apps out there to help breathing and doing some um, relaxation techniques. So a common one out there is a calm that you can do. Headspace, a lot of my clients use. There's a lot of different apps. And again, that's a personal thing that you want to find that works for you. But when you can find one, sometimes it's easier to have somebody walk you through the breathing than doing it on your own. So sometimes that's good, maybe at nighttime, if you're having a hard time sleeping or, you know, if you have the time to be able to listen to an app. But obviously, if you're driving in the car or if you're at an off at the office in, in a meeting, you can always just do the breathing on your own. But the app's another good resource to use. Another breathing exercise I like is called the 478. So this one they recommend when you start to just do four at a time and make sure you're sitting down. 
because it actually works so well that some people get a little lightheaded just after four times of doing this. So what you want to do is put your tongue at the back of where your gum and your front teeth meet. And you're going to inhale for four. And then you're going to hold it for a fast count of seven. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. And then you want to exhale for eight. And again, you just do this four times. So you inhale for four seconds, seven fast seconds, and then exhale for the eight. If you're lying down in bed, obviously, you can do it more than four times because even if you feel a little lightheaded, that'll be okay. You know, you're just lying down. So sometimes if I'm in bed at nighttime, I'll just keep doing this until I feel like I'm relaxed enough. So that one works pretty quick. There's a Dr. Andrew Weil, and he actually has a YouTube video if you want to see him doing the 478 breathing. You can look it up that way. So that's another one that you can do. So that's some breathing techniques. You can't breathe enough. <laughs> you can't do enough deep breathing. You can practice as much as you want. And just when your body gets enough oxygen and it just starts calming down, you're automatically going to start feeling better because psychologically you're going to feel calmer. You're going to start feeling you have more control. Because the scary part, I think, when all of this is going on is we don't feel like we have control over our body. And we really do. I can share a little story with you when I realized I did this to myself is I was actually in labor having my second child and my husband was getting something out of the car and my labor was getting really intense. And so he wasn't there with me to coach me for a few minutes. And I remember saying to myself, I can't do this. And as soon as I said that to my brain, I started getting all that tingling in my arms or legs. I was short of breath. You know, I was lightheaded. It was just, it happened in three seconds just because I told my brain, I can't do this. And then I had, luckily the nurse helped me get back on track with my breathing and I was able to bring it back. And I remember thinking, this is what my clients must feel like. And it just happens that quick. So that's why we want to figure out once we can calm down a little bit, what am I thinking that's causing all of this? Because no one has a panic attack for no reason. Nobody's anxious for no reason. Something's going on. And sometimes it's hard to, again, figure out exactly what am I thinking, because sometimes it's all the way in the back of your brain <laughs> and we need to work through to get there. But I understand how it can happen so quickly just by what we're telling ourselves. And then our brain goes into that fight or flight mode and everything just goes hairy carry. So the breathing is always important. If you don't meditate already, that's a great practice. It takes time and you want to be patient with yourself. It's not about being perfect but it's about taking a few minutes in the morning or evening, whenever you feel is a good time for you to just try to clear your mind. And that's, you know, with the breathing and just letting the thoughts leave and not being focused on them. So obviously meditation is a good practice. That's something else you can do. Imagery is another way of relaxing. So imagery is about imagining a place that really brings you some comfort and ease and that you feel peace. So you want to think about where is it that I like to go that I feel really calm. So obviously I'm out here in Irvine, California, so I love the beach. If I needed to relax, I could be, you know, sitting in my room and closing my eyes. I would do some breathing to relax a little bit, and then I could start imagining the beach. And you want to be really specific when you do this imagery about, you know, the sight, what you're seeing, the smells, the sounds. So I can hear, you know, the ocean, the tide coming in and out. I can feel the sand under my feet. I can feel the warmth of the sun on my back, breathing in the, you know, the fresh ocean breezes. And when you can do that imagery and really get yourself to that place, your body and your brain will react to that and you will calm down and have that serene feeling you have. And it can be anywhere. It could be in a favorite room. 
It could be out in the mountains. You know, where is a place that you feel comfort? And just be really specific again about all the things that you can hear and smell or maybe taste when you're at that place. That's another really good way to relax. So those are some just some ideas on how to do some relaxation when you're really feeling anxious. And then we can start figuring out what are you thinking? I have had some clients in the past that, you know, were so anxious. It was hard to do therapy because we had to just work on calming their body down so we could even talk through what was happening. So that's a place to get started regarding the anxiety. And again, knowing that all of these symptoms that I mentioned are normal when you're feeling anxious and doesn't mean anything bad is happening with your body and that you're going to be okay and that you can change this and you can not have anxiety be managing you anymore. So bringing in more of the cognitive therapy is once you're relaxed enough and you can start processing and thinking about things to start asking yourself, what am I thinking? So one tool to take with you today is whenever you have a negative mood, you want to just say to yourself, what am I thinking? And I'm in my brain a lot faster now that I know cognitive therapy, where I used to just react off my moods, like most of us, right? So I feel anxious and I react, or I'm angry and I yell, that type of thing. So now I definitely still have negative moods because we all have negative moods because we're human, but we want to be able to be in the habit of just like, okay, what am I thinking about that's causing me to feel anxious? And is it even true? So I'd recommend learning this initially. You know, you definitely want to write it down on paper. Remembering we got 80, 90,000 thoughts going on, we're not going to be able to remember everything just in our head. Eventually, you'll get good enough that you'll be able to identify it pretty quick. But learning it is really great practice to take some time to write down your thoughts. And if you're at work and something comes up, just make a note. You don't have to sit there and do the whole exercise at once, meaning getting every thought down, but just to get started. And then there's certain questions you can ask yourself to figure out more thoughts that you're having. So a couple tricks with that to figure out what you're thinking and what's making you feel anxious. If you say to yourself, you know, why am I feeling anxious? Why am I feeling overwhelmed? Why am I feeling panicky? Why am I feeling worried? Why am I feeling insecure? Those might be common moods when you're anxious. And when you answer that question, why am I feeling this way? That's a thought. So moods are always one word. All the moods I just mentioned, you know, right now, overwhelmed, insecure, anxious. Those are all moods. And when I answer that question, why am I feeling insecure? Because I have this report due, my boss is going to come look at it today and it's not finished. That's your thought. So my boss is going to be angry at me. My boss is going to, you know, write me up. I might lose my job. I'd be fired. If I get fired, I have no money. I'm going to end up homeless. And let me tell you, that's super common. (laughs) I have lots of people I've talked to that go to that worst case scenario that one minute they have a job, the next minute they're homeless. And it's common, but people don't share that because they just, you know, part of them says, oh, that's kind of silly. I don't want to tell anybody I'm thinking that. So they're, they're just stuck with those thoughts. And that's where the anxiety just festers itself and why people don't get better because they're not sharing or really addressing those thoughts. And that's how quick it can happen. So one way, again, is when you know how you're feeling, you want to just ask yourself, why am I feeling this way? That's a thought. Write it down and don't judge your thoughts. Your thoughts, your thought. We all have silly, even stupid thoughts sometimes, and that's okay. Sometimes we just need to put them out, you know, put them on paper or say them out loud to somebody and just say, I got the silly, stupid thought. I don't even need you to react to me. I just want to say it and then I can move on because it's just like ruminating in my head. So we don't want to judge our thoughts. We just want to put them down because they are affecting us whether we like it or not. So this is for today, just to get started, is 
whenever you're feeling anxious, to start going and saying, what am I thinking about? And what are my other moods? And again, there's hundreds of moods, hundreds of moods. And when we can get a little more specific than just I'm anxious, that can help us also identify our thoughts. And I mean, I mentioned just four or five moods today, but there's lots of different moods out there. And because, you know, obviously that's what we're reacting off most of the time based on how we feel is our behavior, right? And we want to get out of that habit. So your mood's your mood. And the goal is to feel better by changing the way you think. So we, we want to identify our moods, even though I'm really focusing on your thoughts. The goal is to make your moods better so you can be happier and more content in your life. So with that, think about your anxiety, what your symptoms are, what your behaviors are, if you're avoiding it, if it's causing problems in your life, and take some time to sit down and start writing out what are my thoughts that I'm having when I'm feeling anxious, insecure, overwhelmed, scared, worried. Those are all moods that are attached to anxiety, and we want to find out what are you thinking about? So we can start changing those thoughts and again, making it personal to you and assess your environment and see if that is causing the anxiety as well. Anxiety, again, doesn't have to be something that is a lifelong problem. Sometimes the treatment as well, other than just knowing your thoughts, is what they call exposure therapy. Exposure therapy is when you have to expose yourself (laughs) to what's making you anxious, right? So if you're afraid to get on an elevator, you're going to have to get on an elevator. If you're afraid to get on a plane, we need to get you to a place where you can go get on that plane and have tools that when you're on there and you can start seeing like, you know what, I'm okay. I can handle this. But all that avoidance, the problem with the avoidance is you don't change things, you don't get better because you never give yourself the opportunity to see that you can manage, that it's not as bad as you think. And that's the, remember, it's cognitive behavioral therapy. I always tell my clients, like, it's not just cognitive therapy. It's not your thoughts. It's your behavior. And we can come up with new thoughts and address all of that, which can be super, obviously, very, very helpful. But then we're going to have to go out and really prove to ourselves that these new thoughts are true. So if your new thought is, you know, I can handle this meeting with my boss and explain to her why the report isn't done and what my plan is, but I'll never know that until I actually go do it. Right? I'll never know if I can get on that elevator and deal with being in a closed environment for you know 30 seconds or however long I'm on there until I actually go do it and repeating that over and over. And that's why you know a lot of people don't get better because they're just like, I don't want to go do that exposure. A lot of people with obsessive compulsive disorder, especially if you have like say a germ phobia, you know, you're gonna have to go out there and deal with the germs and maybe go to the bathroom and now wash your hands one time or pick up something that's dirty that you need to throw away and not wash your hands or not, you know, clean the counter every time you see a little bit of dirt on it. You're going to have to go through that and experience the anxiety so that you can get past it. And I'll have other podcasts in the future that get more specific on OCD if that's something you're struggling with. But that's where the exposure therapy is really what helps most people with anxiety if it's about a situation. It's always about a situation, but whether it's, you know, going out into the environment 
or it could be, you know, just talking to somebody, obviously, and working on the relationship. So nothing's black and white, and there's lots of different situations. you today just going over the tools I want you to take with you is uh, first my mantra remember is you want to make decisions based on what's best for you not how you feel second tool to take today is whenever you are feeling anxious or any negative mood is start getting into the habit of saying what am I thinking about what am I thinking and taking that time and you'll start seeing you have a lot more thoughts than you think in different situations okay Another tool to take is the relaxation exercises we talked about, which is the breathing, meditating, doing imagery, any relaxation, um, anything that brings you peace and helps you relax. Those are just a few different ones. And again, you can, whatever works for you is great. Maybe relaxing might be going out and, you know, running for two miles or going swimming or sometimes, you know, working out. It doesn't have to always be just sitting there and meditating and breathing. Whatever works for you is fabulous. We want to make this as personal for you as possible. And that's how you're going to get the most out of learning the CBT tools and using them every single day. I use them every day. I tell my clients, I, there's something we call a fall record, which I'll talk about more in the future, but that is how you address your moods and your thoughts and how you change them. I use them every day. You know, there's always little stuff that happens and it's the little stuff that bothers us. Somebody might cut me off on the road. I'm thinking, oh, they don't care about me. They could have killed me. They're not thinking about my family. Like, there's your road rage, right? Or any little thing that happens, you know, my kid doesn't clean their room. I could think they don't care about me. They disrespect me. It's like, that's not really what's going on. But boom, 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 there's my thought. And now here's my negative mood. And I'm leaving for work and I'm all irritated. It just happens so fast. And that's why we need to like slow down and be like, whoa, right? What am I thinking about? And is it even true? And how can I balance that out? So those are the tools take with you today. Again, reach out and share with me your thoughts, um, ideas for my podcast, certain topics you want me to address. Again, my email is mycbtpodcast at gmail.com. You can always call me in my office at 949-224-3136. Um, oh, and my website is mycognitivebehavioraltherapy.com. And on my website, there's videos. There's newsletters, there's helpful hints, there's uh, more description about cognitive behavioral therapy. So that can all be helpful. And the book that I use, and it's on my website, is called Mind Over Mood. It's by Dr. Dennis Greenberger, who's trained me, and Dr. Christine Podesky. And that's the workbook that I use with my clients. And I recommend other books, like I mentioned as well. But that'd be one to get started with if you wanted that workbook. I can help you with the exercises. And, you know, that's a great way to learn the cognitive behavioral therapy. So, have a fabulous day. Thanks for being with me here at my CBT. And we'll talk again soon. Have a great day. Whoa. Pole Productions.